Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, WNZN Power Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are here on this beautiful day on 89.1 FM radio. And I wanted to say if you had any problem getting us on the radio, if there's any distortion, we encourage listeners to just go to uh, your computer and you can live stream on www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. So we're here today. I'm with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good morning, hey, David. Hey, John. How are you? Great to be here. Very good. Good yeah. to have you on this beautiful autumn day. Oh, yeah. And we continue our study. Actually, the past couple of weeks, we've had very interesting guests. Yes. We had one of the leaders with Youth with a Mission, who's stationed in Tyler, Texas, and also the lady who oversees much of the immigration uh, ministries in Northeast Ohio. And we are very happy to her have Chrissy Stat with us. And she told us about all the uh, ministries uh, to refugees mm -hmm. and just how do we treat the stranger that's among us. And those will all be available uh, in the archive as we get our taping situated. So we're going to go back and we were looking at this idea of the anointing in the Old Testament and how when Jesus comes, he is the Messiah. And the Messiah means the anointed one. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the Old Testament, they anointed priests, they anointed a king, and they anointed prophets. And we were looking at that. Um, we're going to look at that anointing actually happening. We're going to see how Jesus fulfills all of these anointed offices. Why? Because Jesus is a priest. We're going to look at that today. He's a king, of course he is. Uh, he's the son of David from the line of Judah. And of course, he's a prophet, like yes. unto Moses. And so he fulfills all those roles, those anointed roles, and therefore he's called the Christ. Christ in Greek, Christus, is uh, the anointed one. Mm -hmm. And of course, Messiah, or the Messiah, in the, in the Hebrew. And so Christ fulfills all those roles. So if we look at this, Let's look at the begin with from the priestly side, David. Maybe you could read out of Exodus. This is the anointing of uh, Aaron, who is a, from the tribe of Levi, but he's appointed to be a priest, and he's going to get anointed, literally. And verse 41. Right. After you put these clothes on your brother, Aaron and his sons, anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. See, there's the idea, the anointing, and of course, they're going to be serving as priests. They're going right. to be separated to God to be a priest. And so we're going to look at this whole thing of the priesthood and how this applies uh, to Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Now, when we look at First Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Then Samuel, he was a prophet, took a flask of oil and poured it on the head of Saul, kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? And there we see the anointing of a king in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. And then finally, uh, for a prophet, uh, we go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16. And it says, Also you shall anoint Yehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shabbat, and Abel, Mahara, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Hmm. So here yeah. we see right. the idea that, actually in this one verse, you see the anointing of a king, but then you also see the anointing of a prophet. Yes. So again, prophet, priest, king. And I know last time we got together, David, we mm -hmm. looked at David and Jesus as the son of David. David was an anointed king. Yes. He was anointed, actually, when he was still a shepherd boy, which is interesting. Later, of course, he'd become a king. But Jesus is called the son of David. Yeah. Why is he called the son of David? Because he is king. He has to come from that tribe. The genealogy. Yeah. Well, why don't I read sure. uh, 2 Samuel 7, 12 to 13. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. You will come from your... It, uh, he will who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So that is basically, we're talking about God promised David, the first rightful king of Israel, that his throne would be established forever through Jesus Christ. 
and and, and, that, and that's where the connection is. Yeah, that that's how it picks it up. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the New Testament opens in Matthew chapter one, verse one, what the genealogies, but it will say this right right from the very beginning, uh, which is interestingly enough, uh, Matthew chapter one, verse one, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Yes. He right away yeah. is establishing uh, he had yeah. to come from a kingly line. He couldn't come from Levitical. He couldn't come from the other different uh, right. uh, tribes. And actually, the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, ends where Jesus will say, uh, almost the, the, the final verse, he'll relate to this whole idea how he is the son of David when he says, uh, I'm going to quote here, um, uh, verse 16 of chapter 22 of Revelation, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Do you see how he says there? Yeah. I am the root. Now, that a root mm -hmm. comes first in a plant, right. right? But then you get the offspring. So Jesus came before David. Mm -hmm. He was eternal, mm -hmm. of course. But then he comes after David. Right. That's a very significant yeah. uh, uh metaphor it's almost mm -hmm. paradoxical how can you come before somebody but then you can come after him yeah well in his deity of course he comes before <clears throat> him but in his humanity he is born several generations later it's yeah. like david's his great 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 grandfather yeah. you see it's very interesting yeah. uh, it's, and the only yeah. way it fits yeah. is if jesus is god yes you know, that's exactly see, right it, let's look at this in particular look at uh, matthew chapter 22 um, well, let's look at 21 first. Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, David. Matthew chapter 22. Uh, let's start with 21, verse 9. Matthew 21, oh, verse 21. 9. Oh, 21, okay. Uh, Matthew 21, verse 9. And this is his great uh, triumphal sure. entry. And uh, look how the people, right. what the, do they cry out? Right. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Notice what they're in calling heaven. him? Yeah, the son, son of, of David. David. Yeah. Son of David. Why? Because they knew one day there's going to be a king. Right. And he's going to reign forever and ever. Yeah, and mm -hmm. this is when Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Exactly right. Right. So. so now when you jump ahead to the next chapter, chapter 22, um, verse 41, Jesus, this is a very important thing. Uh, where Jesus is going to question the Pharisees. Usually they question him to try to trick him. But look right. what he says in verse 41. Sure. Uh, whose son is the Messiah? While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. Okay. Notice what he's saying. Okay. <clears throat> These are the religious leaders that should understand the scripture. They say, yeah. He's saying, Whose son is he? And they said, Of course. The Christ or the Messiah is going to be from the line of David. It's Judah. He's going to be a king. He is, he is the son of David. But then Jesus, notice what he says in verse 43. He said to them, how then does David in the spirit, in other words, this is in David's thought. This is the Holy Spirit working through David. Mm -hmm. Call him Lord. There it is. <laughs> See? Yeah. Saying, yeah. he's going to quote from a psalm written right. a thousand years ago. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You see what it's saying? Yeah. God said to my God, the Lord said to my Lord, this is the Father speaking to the Son, if David then calls him Lord, how can he be his son? Yeah. Remember what it said in Revelation? Yeah. He's both the root yeah. and the offspring of David. <clears throat> right. So what they're forced to deal with here is his eternality yes. as a son. Yes. He's the Alpha and Omega, no beginning, right. no end. Yeah. But he's also... The son of David. That's why it'll say in Isaiah 9, mm -hmm. unto us a child is given. given. Unto us a son is born. Yeah. Unto us a child is born. Unto yeah. us a son is given. In his humanity, he's born. Right. But in his eternality, yeah. a son is given. For God so loved the world, he gave he his, his only begotten son. son. Right. Yep. See? So it really yeah, merges but that, together. That must have been hard to comprehend that, John. I mean, you know, especially at that time. You know, that, that's complex, but uh, you really have even these guys that knew the scripture, right? 
Well, yeah, here's the thing. There yeah. were people that were looking for the Messiah. Right. You'll see <clears throat> when Jesus is presented in the temple mm -hmm. in Luke, Luke chapter uh, 2, they even say uh, here, um, uh, Luke chapter 2, well, at his birth, what does the angel say in verse 11? For there is born to you this day in the city of David. That, in other words, both David and Jesus it came from mm -hmm. Bethlehem, right? Yeah. But um, today in the oh. town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There you go. And look at chapter 1, the same uh, Gospel of Luke. Look what it, uh, Zacharias says in verse 67. Uh, yeah, in verse 67. Okay. And 60, uh, through 69. Okay, hold on. 67 uh -huh. through 69. Okay, um, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, praise to, praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. See that? Yeah. See, same thing if you go back. Uh, when the angel is speaking to Mary, um, he said, uh, look at verse 30, same chapter 1 where you're at, David. Okay, verse, verse 30, 30 uh, through 33. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. See, yeah, there's the throne of David. There That's promised yep. back mm -hmm. in 1 Samuel chapter 7. Wow. And now it's being fulfilled because of this coming one. Yeah, And And exactly. again, Jesus was declared a king at his birth. Yep. When the wise men came, Gentiles said, where is this king of the Jews mm -hmm. to be born? And then they gave him the gifts. But then even at his death, what did Pilate write above his cross? King of the Jews. King right, of the Jews. Right. Gentiles. Now, he, he probably yeah. didn't understand all those implications. But what I'm saying, at his birth, at his death, Jesus is the king. He is the yeah. king and yeah. kings and lord of lords. You know, two things again, uh, you know, for the listeners and, and what we tried to convey all the way through this, John, for, for the new Christians uh, people that maybe, you know, are just finding their faith now. Um, you know, in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the word of God is living and operative. And in John 5.39, uh, it says you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that testify concerning me. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you look at it, I mean, all the way through, there are so many typologies of Christ that all leads up to him from the time of the sin uh, in the Garden of Eden, it's beautifully uh, written, and it focuses all on Christ. You're right. That, 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 that's where the path leads. Exactly right, David. And it's if, amazing once you get into it where you see all these connection points, John. It's, it's impossible. It's what, not possible. When I read it for the first time, I, it's, it was Greek to me. And, and then as you and I started to get into it, it, it became a lot easier to understand the references. And, and once you know where it's going... It's a lot easier to come back now and then look at the scriptures as you start to tie all this stuff in together. Exactly right. I mean, that, that's the way it helped me anyway. Exactly right, David. Yeah. And, and if you think of Jesus at the hub of a right. wheel yeah. and all the mm -hmm. spokes, they not only go to the hub, but they're joined together by the hub. You know, they're anchored. Yeah. And then it goes out to the wheel. So if you take typology or prophecies right. or pictures of Christ in the Old Testament, they all point towards Jesus. That's why Jesus said, search the scriptures, Old yeah. Testament, for they testify about me. Right, and exactly. If people, either you're going to see it or you don't see it. Yeah. You see, and once you start seeing it, you definitely will see it. Oh, right? yeah, all the way through. When you look at the parallels between King David and Jesus, as we brought up the last time, just real quick, uh, you know, they were both shepherds. Mm -hmm. David was a shepherd before being anointed as king, 1 Samuel 16, 11. Jesus Christ refers to himself as the good shepherd in John 10, 11. Uh, they're both kings. David was king of Israel in 2 Samuel 5, 3. And Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Revelation 19, 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, as we just said, king of kings and lord of lord. And it goes throughout in terms of the number of enemies, the betrayal of their best friends, um, the fact that both, both were persecuted by leaders, 
uh, and on and on. It, it is a perfect match for the life Christ went through. Exactly right. Are you kidding? I mean, yeah. you know, that, 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 there's a reason for that. Yeah. It's the hand of God. And, and even David, when he starts his reign, right. it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 4, um, David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. Well, if you look in Luke, that's when Jesus starts his ministry. Right. It will say in chapter um, 3, verse 23, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age. Yes. So exact, yeah, exact. Uh, a very important mm -hmm. episode we're familiar with yeah. is David and Goliath. Yeah. Well, why that is very important for many reasons, but as a picture of Jesus Christ, Goliath represented an enemy that kept mm -hmm. God's people in fear mm -hmm. and bondage. Nobody could go out and fight him. Right. But what happened was Jesus, David come, the shepherd yeah. king, yeah. a type of Christ, and he comes... <clears throat> And he uses his weapon, which is yeah. just a slingshot, right? Uh, and not not a weapon made with human hands, so to speak, not a sword or a uh -huh. spear, but he represented the champion or an individual that was going to gain victory for all the people. Yes. When he beat Goliath, he got victory for all of the God's yes, people. Yes, he did. So yeah. when Jesus went to the cross and defeated Satan, he got victory for all of us. Uh -huh. You know, it's 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 what they call the sole representative or the champion. And Jesus, he fulfilled that perfectly, you know. And so we were looking at all those. It says here in prophecy, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Well, who's Jesse? Jesse is the father of David. Right. You see? But out of him shall come forth a rod or a little shoot, a branch, and it shall grow out of its roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And yeah. on and on. Uh, and then it goes down to verse 10, Isaiah 11. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, there's that idea mm -hmm. again, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him. Yeah. See, most of all the promise in the Old Testament is for Israel. But this coming one is meant for all people. Yes. For God so loved the world. The world. I know. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the, the world. world. Yeah. No longer just Israel or just Jewish mm -hmm. people. And again, if all of these things are not completed in Jesus Christ, when will they be completed? Yeah. Everything yeah. is left hanging. Yeah. You understand this yeah. principle? Right. So how do, we, how do we come to resolution or closure? But if you put Jesus in here, everything clicks. It, it, everything it clicks all comes together. together. Everything and clicks you together. You know what? And uh, we, were just, we were talking about this. I mean, you know, he won, just like with David and Goliath. He's defeated the enemy, and we are protected under his umbrella. Exactly. We're protected as children of Christ. And, and that's how we've been tying in the last few shows, uh, in addition to saying that, you know, for you newcomers, you have to be in a church, and, you know, you have to be under that umbrella of protection. And the reason this kind of information is so important, at least it's been for me, is it allows me to profess my faith to other people, especially because we are called to create disciples. Right. And without understanding the, these typologies and being able to show people the fact that this leads to the fact he is the Son of God, fully man, fully God, that's that's what all this helps us with. Exactly We're right. We're trying to help our listeners understand how they can communicate to the non-listener or the new believer how strong the the, the, the it is in terms of the fact that this is the Son of God come down uh, to save us from our sins. It, again, it, it's yeah. almost like a lawyer laying out yeah, evidence. If, right. if, if somebody is really interested mm -hmm. or curious, there's enough information here to, to tip the scales. Oh, and yeah. to say, this is not ordinary. Most people just don't study it. They don't mm -hmm. look at this, you know, how, how blatant and forthright this evidence is. is. Here's what Peter will say in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. This yeah. is his famous sermon. He says in verse 29, Men and brothers, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Actually, it's not far from where he's given his sermon. The, the, the tomb of David was a famous right. burial place where the king was born, uh, died and was buried. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on this throne. In other right. words, there's that promise that right. one day an offspring of David. 
and foreseeing this, he spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left to see corruption. This Jesus God yes. raised from the dead. He says, for David did not ascend into heaven, but he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand to make, and he will make a big case here to say, David's body is with us over in that tomb. Yes. But it says in Psalm 16, you will not let your Holy One see decay or corruption. Yes. He says that yeah. David can't be speaking to himself because his body saw decay. Yeah. But whoever is speaking a thousand years ago in Psalm died, but he didn't decay. Yeah. He didn't, the flesh didn't right. get corrupted in, right. the, in the grave. Yeah. So, so yeah. anyway, you're going to cut it. You know, we got this incredible yeah. uh, picture way back there of, of who Jesus is. And then we're going to look. Uh, uh, the another anointed office today in the remaining time. Wow, time is really slipping yeah, by. It is. Again, this is WNZN uh, out of Lorain, Ohio, power um, 89.1 FM radio. I'm in the station with my friend David Abood, and we're just looking at pictures, or what the Bible may call types, of Jesus in the Old Testament. Right. And these all point to him. And we're seeing specifically, because Jesus is the Christ, or the anointed mm -hmm. one, the anointed office in the Old Testament of king. David was anointed king, even when he was a shepherd boy. Prophet was anointed often. And, of course, priest was anointed office, where they actually poured oil on their head and they consecrated them to the service of God. Well, there's a very interesting person we're going to see in the Old Testament. Yeah. If we look at Genesis chapter 14, it's very interesting uh, how this relates to Jesus. And if you look at Genesis chapter 14... Um, this is after Abraham went and rescued his nephew Lot. Uh, Genesis chapter 14. Right. He rescues him. What verse are you on, John? Okay. He comes back um, and he's returning, right? Right. Now, he's going to encounter this person. Very interesting episode here, starting in verse 18 uh, through 21. Uh, 18 and, uh, through 20. Okay. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Okay, this is it. It's yeah. just this, this encounter he has with this person. Now, mm -hmm. a couple interesting things here. Up to this point, when you study the book of Genesis, whenever it introduces a major character like Noah or right. um, Abel yeah. or Abraham, it, it lists their genealogy. Right. So-and-so had this child, this Lived child. Lived so had many this, years, yet, had so many died. children. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Not Melchizedek. No. He enters into the human, into the situation and he exits. No genealogy. That's no going to be important. No record of his birth. Nothing. No record. Yeah. Now, notice though. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. What does Salem mean? That's where we get the word shalom. Yeah. He's king of peace. Right. Okay? Right. Melchizedek, Melka, uh, the word, if you break it apart, Malik means king. Mm -hmm. Zeder is, is righteousness. So he's the king of righteousness. Yeah. But he's also the king of peace. There it is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, this is the first time uh, priest is mentioned mm -hmm. in the Bible which is significant. We'll talk about that later. King of Salem brought out bread. He, he was a priest. Now, you don't get this in the Old Testament. You can't be a priest and a king because kings came from what tribe? Judah. Yeah. And priests come from what tribe? Levi. Yes. Can't separate. Right. Can't yeah. mix these. This yeah. guy is both, which is interesting. And it seems to indicate... Salem is where we get the word Jerusalem. So this might be the first introduction of Jerusalem here. He comes out. He's a priest of the God Most High. Yep. And he's the one that gives the blessing. Now that's yes. important. Yes. He says, blessed be Abraham of the God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. He's, he's not, this is, this is the guy worshiping the true creator. And blessed be God Most High. Mm-hmm who has delivered your enemies into your hand. In other words, he recognizes that God has given Abraham victory. Yeah. And he, that's Abraham, gave tithes of everything he got when he plundered, when he right. rescued. Uh -huh. So a couple of interesting things here. The, uh, the greater is blessing the lesser. So you here you have Melchizedek 
blessing Abraham, and the lesser is giving tithes to the yes. greater. He's giving tithes. First time yes. tithes is mentioned in the Bible. Uh-huh. But notice what he's presenting him. Melchizedek doesn't just give him a blessing. He gives him what? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. Mm-hmm. What does Jesus leave us with at the Last Supper? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. And usually, says, isn't the sacrificial meal of meat? It could, it could yeah, be different things, right. but the, 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 the basic elements that this priest, king, <laughs> is bread and wine. Right, right. And he gives a blessing. Yep. Now, a lot is going to be made of this when you go to the New Testament. Uh-huh. Let's turn for a moment to the book of Hebrews. Um, and um, let me just get there. About this this person. It's very mysterious in some ways until you see yeah, how it fits together. Oh, yeah. And it does, it does actually fit together rather nicely. Um, in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews is going to say something very interesting. Okay? Um, he says... Look! Look at um, look at verse five. I mean Hebrews chapter five. Look at verse five through um, uh, seven. Okay. Uh, every high priest is selected from among people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to other to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes his honor on himself, but receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, now he's saying that Jesus is a priest Mm -hmm. after the order of Melchizedek. When you go to verse 9, same chapter 5, he says, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey, called by God as high priest according to what? The order Order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Now, here's what the writer says here, under the inspiration of the... Mm-hmm. Of whom, that is to say about this whole issue of Melchizedek, right. we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of, of God. I've come to give you strong food, but you can only handle me. He's saying you should understand this thing about Melchizedek, but I can't teach it to you because mm-hmm. spiritually they're dull of hearing. Yeah, That's why Jesus often says, he that hath the ears... Let him hear. Yeah. Now he's going to explain yep. about Melchizedek. Look at chapter 7 and look at verse um, 1 through 3. Hebrews. Hebrews. Uh-huh. He's going to explain now a very deep truth. Okay, 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without the beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. You see, resembling this doesn't mean he's the Son of God. No, right. In picture, in type. Because he Gosh. enters stage right, yeah. he exits stage left. So it's a picture of Jesus Christ. Because why he's superior, it says here um, in verse 4. Now, he mm-hmm. says, consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham, who's like the father of the Jewish nation, gave tithes to him, to Melchizedek. And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi who received the priesthood, yeah. have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed Abraham. So he's saying here, in a sense, because Abraham, his offspring contained within him was part of the Levitical tribe, even the, the, the tribe of Levi, by proxy, is given tithes to the greater priest, Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. So... Because the Levitical priesthood, you would you would be raised up and you'd be consecrated yeah. 
and you'd serve your term in the temple right. and you'd die. Yeah. And somebody replaced you and then you die. And then you this priest is eternal. Yes. You see? Yeah. Jesus now is where? In the heavenlies. What's he doing? He's making intercession for us. He's a priestly role. Yeah, at the right hand of the Father. It's a priestly role. You understand? Yeah. And his does his priesthood doesn't end. That's why the Bible says we have one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So when you see how these mm -hmm. things fit together, David, like this. Oh, yeah. Plus, yeah. what did it, Jesus I'm... leave us with to remember him by bread and yeah, wine? And wine. And what did Melchizedek do besides blessing mm -hmm. Abraham? He gave him bread and wine. Yeah. But Abraham gave him gifts, you see? So th th this is a powerful thing because oh, he's yeah. going to repeat this in verse 17 of mm -hmm. chapter 7. For he testifies, you are priests forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Uh, and, and God says, I will not back up on this, verse 21. Right. We, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who's God's oath, the Lord has sworn he will not re relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse 22, by so much more, Jesus has become surety of a better covenant yes also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing in other words they their priesthood ended you see maybe when they were 70 yeah. years old or 80 years old therefore he was able to save to the uttermost those who have come to god through the, since he always lives eternal priesthood to make intercession for such a high priest was fitting for us do you understand yes. oh How yeah powerful uh, this, this, Isn't that some? I, I didn't even know who Melchizedek was until we started. I didn't know in depth, you know, the connection, and you know, uh, uh, until we were prepping for the show. And the other thing is, Jesus is not a priest of the Levitical order. He doesn't do his work inside the earthly tabernacle. I wrote down, but he does it in the heavenly realities. So, so that's why it has to be Melchizedek. It connects up to the fact there's no genealogy yes. on Melchizedek yes. because of that fact. Yeah. And so um, it, it, it's just unbelievable. It, it really is. And then you carry it forward even more, right, John? And Jesus has conquered sin and death and brought peace to his kingdom, um, as you said. But he really is the, the true fulfillment of Melchizedek in that he is the great high priest who is ushered in the rule of peace. And in the book of Revelations, you see uh, that scripture talking about there's no more tears in heaven. Right, right. There's peace in heaven. Exactly right. It comes together beautifully. And, and who else that ever walked this planet could you call the king of righteousness <clears throat> exactly. or the king of peace? Yeah. yeah. There's nobody else. I mean, we yeah. want peace. You know, right. but there's only, we will not have peace until the king of peace returns. It's just yeah. what it is. Or you make, you make the king of peace king in your life. Yeah. That's why we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come. come, thy yes. will be done. You right, on earth so, as it is in heaven. Right. So this, this Melchizedek figure, yeah. it really comes together. When you look at, they've, they've been quoting from Psalm 110, so maybe we'll turn back there. Psalm 110? Uh -huh. Psalm 110. Um, this is written a thousand years before Jesus comes, okay? But... Look, look what it says. Um, I got it up. Okay. <clears throat> look what it says in verse 1 and 2. Sure. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. So this is God the Father saying to Jesus, come sit at my right hand. Mm -hmm. That's where he is mm -hmm. now. I'm going to make all your enemies, one day everybody, even demons, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess Jesus Christ. That's what it means. I'm going to send your rod or your ruling scepter out over all the world, and you will rule in the midst of your uh -huh. enemies, right? But then look what he says in verse 3. Your people shall be volunteers. He doesn't force us. We're, yeah. We come to him. In the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn. In other words, it's write it in stone. Yeah. And you will not relent or go back on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. You are what? A priest forever. Yes. They're, According yeah. to the order. Right. Who is a priest forever? This one that's sitting at the right hand of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Then it says, 
The Lord is at your right hand. That's where Jesus is today. He shall execute kings in the days of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the pieces with dead bodies and shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink by the book. So here you have this picture written a thousand years beforehand. Yeah. And it, 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 who wow. is this person? Yeah. You see, he, he, yeah. he's, he ever liveth. So what we're seeing here... Mm -hmm. And look at Jesus' priestly role. There was what elements were necessary for a priest. Well, number one, um, he had to have a sacrifice. They sacrificed, right? Yeah. Number two, they went into the very presence of God. On Yom Kippur, the high priest would go into the mm -hmm. very presence of God, into the temple. And three, uh, he, you had to have a priest to do it. The common man couldn't do that. And then you offered up prayers, right? Look at Jesus. Number one, he says, destroy this temple. And I'll raise it in three days. Yeah. He was referring to yeah. what? So he's the temple. Yes, his body, right? Yeah. He is also, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. He is the Lamb. Right. He is the sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. Perfect right. sacrifice. And he is the priest. He right. says, no man taketh my life. I lay it down. Yeah. So you have temple, offering, and the priest yeah. all merging together. Yeah. And as a result, he goes into the very presence of God. And now he gave. It, it, and then the Holy Spirit is in us when he rises. That's why the curtains ripped. Exactly. And we no longer have to go through sacrificing those animals regularly. And we couldn't go in past the curtain. You had to be, you know, the high priest or whatever and go through all that process. It is so freeing. How powerful. Now, let, so I'll show freeing. you something yeah. interesting on this, David. Turn to First Peter for a moment. Peter 1? Yeah, 1 Peter chapter uh, 2. Show you how this thing works itself out a little bit, how it applies to us in a sense. First Peter chapter two. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, this is only if you're a newborn, if you're born again. That's he says in chapter two, verse two, as a newborn baby, this is in other words, you you've, you've experienced new birth or new life in Jesus Christ. But look what he says in verse um, four and five. This is written to Christians. Okay. Uh, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay, now look. Look what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. There's no more temple, right? Remember Jesus says right. not one stone? Right. So what does he say here? Who's the living stones of this new temple in verse 5? Um, you also, like, what we're going to become we the living stones. Right yeah, now, that, we're the living stone. Right. This is the new temple, right? right? Yeah. Are being built. This is a continual right. process. Right. And what are we? A holy priesthood. Right. Now, he made us priests. Why? We can offer spiritual sacrifices. Mm -hmm. We can go into the very presence of God. Then he says, um, therefore, verse 7, to you who believe, that's us Christians, he is precious. But those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become... Today, people are rejecting Jesus all over the place, right? Right. right. Now, look what he says in verse 9. This is a very important titling he assigns to us as believers. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Look what he's calling us. Look at these phrases. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. What does royal priesthood convey? We're, we're part of the royal line. Kingly yes. priest. Right. That's Melchizedek Boy, line. Man, I got to I, I gotta reevaluate. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is powerful. Right, this is. Because, well, Very are, convicting, too. I mean, that, that's Look the main thing here. When you have, yeah, this is well, so Who are convicted. we to deserve these kind of titles? Exactly. Why? Yeah. Because now we're a priesthood. We can offer up, first of all, it says right. in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we can offer up our bodies a living right. sacrifice. Man. In other words, a crucified sacrifice. You know, right. we, we avoid this. We don't do this. Uh, the other thing, we can offer up mm -hmm. praise, which is a spiritual sacrifice to God. The other thing is we can go into the very presence of God. They can only do that one time a year in the right. Old Testament, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. We can go into the very presence of God now, okay? Yeah. And we can intercede on behalf of others. This is very powerful when you see all the... And he says, to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness before we were in darkness. Now 
we are in this marvelous light. Yeah. We're in a, the light of God's word. We can see clearly, not yeah. because of anything we've done, mm. but just because we have the Holy Spirit and we have the word of God. But do you notice how this idea of royal yes. priesthood mm -hmm. is now assigned to believers? Yes. I'm not saying we're Melchizedek or anything, but I'm just saying he, he is... You'll see the same thing happen when you look at the... Well, you know, we are, we are now descendants of Christ. Uh, we are, in fact, children of Christ and of the Lord our God. That's so, powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't really realize that it said that we were holy. You know, we are look, now considered holy. Look at Revelation yeah. and read verse uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Revelation chapter 1. Uh-huh. And verse 6. Or start with verse 5 and then verse 6. Okay, so, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests mm. to serve his God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. King and yeah. priest. Wow. King and priest. The only way we gain entry is through his blood, through the shed blood of Jesus. You see that, the previous yeah. verse? But do you understand this positioning we have now? Oh, yeah. So, in a very real sense, we see how Jesus fulfilled these anointed roles. Prophet, yes. mm -hmm. remember he told Moses, mm -hmm. I'll raise up a prophet yep. like it unto yep. you. Mm -hmm. And the people said to Jesus after the feet of you are that prophet. You know, right. Bring, yeah. King, son of David, mm -hmm. be born in the city mm -hmm. of David. And now mm -hmm. this whole idea of priest. Mm -hmm. You are a priest after yes. the order of Melchizedek. Yes. They all are connected in the person of Jesus Christ. And the thing mm -hmm. of this is, is if it's not Jesus, then who is it that all these prophecies are telling us about? <laughs> yes. But if it's him, it all fits into place. It's like it's like the combination clock all clicks together and the door opens. You know, and, and this, this takes us back to the Great Commission, uh, you know, Matthew 28, uh, verse starting with verse 16. You know, uh, how, how are we um, in place to actually help create disciples? We're seeing it right here. Yeah. We have been given uh, this right. We have been blessed to have it through the path that Christ uh, has forged for us. And, and that gives us power and conviction that we can do this. You know, especially when they're classifying us with those kind of, uh, you know, titles. Exactly right. You know, exactly. it gives us strength to do this and to have conviction that we can help lead other people to Christ. And, and, and that's really our main focus now is, is followers and believers of Christ. To grow in the yeah. grace and the knowledge. Of right. Our, the, the way we grow is mm -hmm. by studying this and mm -hmm. we're getting a, a better understanding of who Jesus is. Yeah. And the more we understand that, the more we understand what he did for us, but they also understand what he's given us. He's yeah. given us a whole lot more than salvation. I mean, yeah. salvation is the important thing, but he's given us privilege. He's given us power. He's given us uh, right, rights to enter into his very presence, to share his word, to know his word. Before, we didn't understand his word. Did you, David? No. The scripture? No. I couldn't. Oh, understand. not at all. No, I, I didn't. You know, when I read it for the first time, I came back to you and there were some things I picked up, but I could not see all the connections. I thought it was a lot of just text yeah, and, yeah. you know, confusing text. But the more you get through it and the more that you have these kind of sessions, if we when we do this together, you just see the parallels and the connection points. So we're going to continue <clears throat> this, David, in the yeah. weeks to come. Uh, we just started. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Jesus said, search the scriptures for they testify of me. In Luke chapter 24, he opens up all the Old Testament to them, starting with Moses or the right. first five books, the Torah, <clears throat> the Psalms, as well as the prophets. We'll look at the prophet Isaiah. We'll look at the Psalms. We'll look at Exodus. We'll look at uh, Zechariah and Malachi. And again, all of these threads from the Old Testament come together. They weave their way and they present to us a picture of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is this information is actually meant for all believers. Yeah. This is and, all believers. You know, uh, Psalm 110, For the Lord has sworn and will not repent. You are priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So now that we think that way, boy, does that change a lot of, a lot of things in terms of, 
you know, our path, what we should be doing, and how we should also look at ourselves because we are now the tabernacle too. Right. We're holding the Holy Spirit inside of us. Right. So you can see how it's all connected. We have to we have to look at ourselves and how we run our life, and then what are we doing to help create disciples? Exactly. But, right. but we have the authority to do that by the Most High. We have the authority. We have the information. And he'll we, provide the gifts to us. And he'll open do up it. doors. Right. He'll, he'll open up doors. Right. Uh-huh. You know, you've seen in your own life where you share a couple words with somebody, and that leads to a deeper conversation. And all yes, of a sudden, it does. There's <clears throat> spiritual questions right. that you now have the resources to share. And, it, yeah. You, you know, know, when I was, years ago, I worked as a, um, I was a caseworker, social worker at the uh, Soldiers <clears throat> Relief Commission. Yeah. And a lot of my caseload was veterans. It was a veterans, uh, soldiers mm-hmm. and sailors relief. So a lot of my clientele, my caseload were veterans who lived downtown at Harbor Light or Salvation Army. A lot of them had alcoholic problems, some drug addiction. Back then, it was a lot of alcohol. And they would come to me, and I would look over their case and try to get them food stamps <clears throat> and try to yeah. get them medical help at the big mm-hmm. VA. But I didn't have any resources to share with them, David. Yeah. I, I was lost. I didn't have spiritual resources. I just had human advice. Go to AA, try to get a part-time job, go to the veterans' hospital to get treatment. You see, I couldn't say, look, God has a plan for your life. Right. You know, he, he loves you. You're made in the image of God. You're separating yourself from God. He wants to have a relationship through Jesus Christ. He'll empower you through the Holy Spirit. You yeah. can join a community <clears throat> of fellow believers in church, and you can change your life forever. I didn't yeah. have that. The, the real resources, yeah. you see? No, I, I didn't either until I met you. <laughs> and so and, and I still, but this uh, I don't everybody. have nearly what you have. But, well. but you know, the um, the real issue right now is the fact that, that I hope we're conveying that we are blessed and that we've been given these titles. And even if you don't have a John Murtha sitting next to you, you can ask God for help exactly. and insight and wisdom on how to counsel other people. Exactly and, and, right. And that's what this is all about. I think that's the take-home message today because not everybody's blessed to have a John Murtha sitting well, next to him. Nevertheless, you got yeah. something better when it right. says he will send you the Holy Spirit who will lead you right. into all truth. Right. Um, he will open your eyes. Yeah. You know, he will. Let me start wrapping it up, but you bring up a good point, David. And what I mean by that is, yes, we all have God. I was just saying that somebody to help us yeah, navigate exactly. through the scripture. Exactly. Like, right. like I have you. Look, look, look what it says. Uh, you bring up a good point. I want to start wrapping it up okay, on this where are point. You? Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. And this is the idea if somebody doesn't have the Holy Spirit, they have a very difficult time understanding the scriptures. Look at verse 14, Uh 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Okay, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers themselves foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You see what he's saying? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't understand this stuff. Yeah. You can be very oh. bright. It's like if a dog goes into a library, mm-hmm. he can't appreciate the library. The only thing he might like is the leather covers on the older books. Yeah. He can't by nature, he can't absorb that information. But once you have the spirit of God, he's the real teacher, the yeah. Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it says in verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one, for he who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. We have the Holy Spirit. Wow. Therefore, verse 13, <clears throat> these things we also speak, not in words with man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's what we're doing this morning. Comparing spiritual things in the Old Testament with spiritual things in the New Testament, how it relates to Melchizedek. It is so important in that verse 15, John, that uh, we, are, uh, we are not subject to merely human judgments because that then changes. When you're centered on Christ, you move away from all that noise in society. Exactly right. And all that chaos, and, and you're able to go down. You're a lot more peaceful and happy because you're doing that and you're relying only on the work you're doing uh, for Christ. And, and by saying, you know, Jesus, did I do the right thing? And man, this is hard. I'm telling you, I know it's hard. You know, I, there's still many uh, old day, old days that I look at, and there's still the old Dave and a lot of right. stuff I do. Uh, it is a real challenge. It's a, it's a daily process yeah. to grow your faith 
and to grow the convictions you need um, because once you realize you are a temple for the Holy Spirit, man, is that convicting? It's a game changer. That's convicting. It's a game. Yeah. Paul in Colossians will call it the greatest mystery hidden throughout all the ages, yeah. Christ in you, yeah. the hope of glory. That's a, that, that is so profound because how many temples did they have in the Old Testament? Right. One. Yeah. See? Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. How many today? Right. Well, everywhere there's a spirit-filled Christian. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, you have the spirit of Christ. Right. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to yeah. them he gave the power to become a child of God. Now, many people think being a Christian is like go to church, or I drop mm -hmm. some money in the basket, if I try to be a good person. Those are good things, but that doesn't make you a Christian. No. No. You see? Otherwise, we wouldn't need the cross. Yeah. Right. The, the Christian <laughs> is, is an exchange where we receive a free gift. Yes. It, yeah. By definition, you, you cannot pay for a gift. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Right, and, and I think there's one psalm, too, that I wanted to read in closing. Sure psalm 19, 7 to 8. Um, this is David. Uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. So giving joy to the heart, we are always searching for ways to be fulfilled this is it, folks. That's it. This is it. There it is. End of story. Yep. That's a good verse, David. You know. So again, you know, it's it's a it's really great to be here and to be able to use the microphone to get God's word out. Yes. There might be people listening today that are doubtful, fearful. Maybe some people are yet to really accept this free gift. So much more than salvation. Yeah, it's a free gift of salvation, but it's so much more when you start getting into it. But I would encourage people to there's so much good stuff out there today on YouTube. Yeah. If you Google mm -hmm. up help, Bible Project. Mm -hmm. But there's churches within a stone's throw. Yeah. Go to a Bible-believing church that gives up God's Word, the right. Bible, and praise and, and grow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's simply turning your life around yeah. from walking your own way and receiving Christ into your heart and living for Him. Yeah. As Peter says, once you do that as a newborn baby, desire the sincere mouth yeah. of the Word. Oftentimes... That's what we didn't know. You know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is, you know, how do you want to live your life? You, you know that game show where they said door number one or door number oh, yeah, two? Yeah. Do you want to go to door number one where you're constantly reviewing all your sins and the, and the screw-ups you've had in your life? Or do you want to go to door number two where you're forgiven regardless of what you've done? Exactly right. And, and then when you're forgiven, you can start to see the grace of Jesus Christ and the fact that he's forgiven all of our sins, whatever they were. And now we have eternal life to do his work. Exactly. I'd rather go to door number two. Oh. But you get stuck because door number one keeps pulling you back. Yeah, there's no getting around it. You, yeah. He offers us. He says, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. And when you see prayers answered. Oh, heck yeah. When you see Believe, power. Yeah. You know, and it's real. You know, and, and It is real. And, and those breadcrumbsy leaves you will realize that the Holy Spirit is on this planet oh, yeah. and that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And, and look around at yeah. creation. Right. Creation simply the handiwork of God. Every day you look out at it. On yeah. a beautiful autumn day, yeah. you know, what a man. Yeah. So, uh, again, David, thank you. Great to be here with you, John, today. And uh, sharing all of that. And thank you again, you know, that we have this platform at 89.1 FM Radio uh, coming from you, Lorraine, Ohio. We look forward to... Uh, the next show, we have some yeah. special guests lined up, special topics lined up, and I think it'll be a blessing to everybody, you know, as we continue to roll along here. Yes. So God bless you all. Have a great weekend, and uh, enjoy this beautiful autumn weather. Thanks again, David. God all bless right. you all. Take care, everybody. God bless.